Hey, what's up? This is Brad, and I am joined by the Fateless crew. We have got Paul, Dirk, and Sham. And with some recent news coming out about China proposing some game restrictions that can affect some of the titles that we're going to be working on here at Fateless, we thought this was a topic worth bringing you a video about. So we are going to discuss that among some other topics that are currently on our mind in the game development sphere. So first off, for like 30 or 40 seconds, I'm going to read what's actually going on so that you know kind of the, the language out of what we're going to be talking about here and this is going to be the Chinese government had a holiday surprise for the game industry aimed at curbing excessive consumer spending in online games and the exploit of addictions the rules would forbid companies from offering incentives like daily login rewards awarding bonuses for purchasing in-game currency with real money for the first time and other mechanisms that encourage higher spending one proposed rule would force online games with loot box or gasha mechanics to provide players with an option to buy content directly at a comparable price. The proposal also wants studios to adopt reasonable rates for loot box and gasha mechanics. Total daily spending per player would have to be limited as well. So that's kind of like the basic overarching discussion. Now it is worth noting that China has since had a little bit of clarification in terms of this is just a proposal. It's not guaranteed to be coming. So it's still kind of in the works, but it's relevant enough that we wanted to give you some of our opinions on this being new game developers kind of entering this Gasha mobile gaming space. So go ahead, Sham, and uh, kick us off here with the initial kind of thoughts on what's going on here. Yeah, I feel like um, this was this was kind of an interesting one. So seeing Tencent kind of like have, have a, you know, and, and other, and other companies or all these other gaming companies have this kind of huge drop. And then, you know, obviously China walking it back and removing the official, um, that, 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 that put this out there doesn't actually mean that, Hey, this isn't going to be happening. Like this is, this is them testing the waters. Like, okay. Um, how does this feel? Is this something that, that, that people want? Does this make sense? Because I think a lot of these things are kind of common sense. Like there's, there's stuff that now, now that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with the you know, I think that it makes sense for us that we, that we would want this in the United States, for example. But you know, China, as we know, is just—it's kind of its, its own entity. It, it, it works. Uh, it works the way that that works for for China. But what I do think is is relevant for for us is kind of like seeing what they were trying to restrict, what they're trying to do with it, which is like. So they did this already with with kids. I think uh, I don't know if it's like three hours a week. It's some pretty minimal amount that 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 children can can play per week and they have like you know social media blackouts at, at certain times like but these things are all basically to to kind of drive um people away from you know that that kind of like addicted spending uh, and i think that each of these like these like individual things are worth taking a look at you know like like um i'll let everybody kind of give their general thoughts but you know personally i think i think one of the ones that stood out to me was this daily login like concept of it's not a daily login reward as in you come in and you get like resources it's more like i bought something today and then i get a, you know i buy a, i get a little bit of it, I get a little piece of my candy bar but the rest of it is put on layaway and i have to come back to the game to, to get more of it and and there's kind of just like you know i don't say it's it's not necessarily exactly predatory but i think that it does kind of feed into the to these this addictive nature and and i and i feel like there, it's there's some merit to to looking into these things. I don't know. Well, that's, yeah, that's what they're what they're kind of trying to outlaw in terms of like a real world relation is like you go to a dealership and you want to buy a car, and they and they say we'll give you the car five thousand dollars cheaper, 
but you have to walk into our business every single day for 30 days. And then at, yeah. at the end of 30 days, you get your car for $5,000 cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of what they're, they're trying to make it more streamlined into just, you pay for this on this day and you get this. They're, they're yeah. trying to eliminate some of those like log in for 30 consecutive days and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, go ahead, Sal, did you have anything? Or, or go ahead, Dirk, sorry. Yeah, so even like the first time purchase, because um, I know that's really big. Like they say that like uh, you get someone to spend any amount of money one time in your game. And then they're like some bajillion percent more likely to, you know, re be a repeat buyer to buy again. So they'll always give me that level 10 pack that is just like the best value you can possibly get. Or there'll be some like, like watcher, you can get E owner for five bucks. She's like pretty good. I don't know. For five bucks, I think it's like a really good value pack. Just anything like that. And they don't seem scummy because you love getting that really good value pack. It's if you're going into the game with the intention of playing. But it's still like they use, I don't know, like psychological tricks to try to like make you buy something you might not have otherwise have bought and then to try to get, you know, get you hooked on it and all that. Yeah, I think this... they're trying to take away all the like, like <laughs> almost like the psychological manipulation behind a lot of the sales strategy that these games employ. It's like stuff that like drug dealers use to try to get people hooked <laughs> that is like not allowed in normal business. But for some reason, it's like, cartel drug dealing and gotcha games like, <laughs> you're like, this is fine well yeah. it's, it's such a new industry i mean we're talking the last 10 years um so right. it, it's going to take you know instead of like you know normal businesses in the west have been operating for hundreds of years so it's going to take time for some of the regulation and stuff to catch up but yeah i'm not surprised to see this yeah kind of i don't even fault china for being like you know big brother trying to crack down it's it definitely is something that, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see the rest of the world follow. Well, this Especially stuff has happened in the West. We yeah. saw um, a lot of the Western countries crack down on online poker, which was a form yeah. of, like, you know, gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, you can't gamble Sorry, in, yeah. in this state. Why are you allowed to gamble online? Again, that's gambling. I don't I don't want to, you know, I don't, too much to say in there. Like, you like doing it. I don't know if that should even be banned in the first place. But if it is banned, you have to at least enforce it equally. So it makes sense. I think it's also there's a uh, political and social aspect to it. Generally, China, they, they like to have some level of interference with all the major corporations, right? There's not many corporations in China that sort of exclude, like in America, you can have your own company, you can do whatever you want. The government really doesn't do much oversight in China is much different. And with the growth and power of Tencent in terms of the gaming world now, if you've played a game online, you'd be hard struck to find a game that isn't partially in some fashion invested in by Tencent Gaming. And I would imagine they're looking at all the analytics in terms of how are they, how is the population reacting and how much in engagement they're having with these games. And I think what they're trying to do is basically go, these gaming companies and these games are becoming too controlling or that they're having too much of an, a direct impact on people's day-to-day -day lives. And we need mm -hmm. to essentially pull that back. They're targeting things specifically that, that, like you said, you you, you kind of you want to buy a car. Instead of just giving you the car, you have to keep coming back every day to be able to get all the parts. It's essentially yeah. what they're saying is things like battle passes, things like daily login rewards that you've purchased. If you have to continuously keep coming back to get realize the value, that is the behavior that they're not happy with rather than just buy a pack, get a pack, right? I think those things are pretty, they, they seem pretty okay with a business selling a pack that gives you a set amount of items at that time. It's more the, the the continuity of the purchase because it essentially means that I might have to spend two hours every single day if, of my life in this game. And when you add two hours every week, that's two times seven times 30 times, you know, you start realizing that 10 to 15% of a person's life is spent 
logging into a game? And is that too much power to be giving to an entity such as Tencent? So I imagine that's what they've done. But at the same time, it's an important financial aspect that Tencent becomes a world-dominating company for, for China because that gives them much more political influence around the world because the games industries in other countries now look to China to see how valuable they are. We saw Blizzard, for example, pretty much build Diablo Immortal exclusively to partner with NetEase to release into the Asian market. And you can't release games into that market without prior approval, but it's very valuable. So it's very interesting social from a sort of, I would say from a holistic political point of view, as just base developers, we can't really consider, we can't ignore those factors when we're building a game. We've got to, if we want to target those industries and those areas and those those sort of regions, then these are like, you have to play by their rules, not, not anyone else's. So it's certainly interesting to see the development of this gacha rules. Because we've got countries like Belgium, for example, you can't play or you can play the games, but big chunks of the game are just disabled. FIFA, I don't think any of FIFA Ultimate Team is enabled in like places like Belgium because they've banned and outlawed loot boxes. So it's like one rule everywhere, isn't it? I don't really know. We never really know what's coming tomorrow. And I think this is what's caused a bit of a stir in, in China, that it just happened overnight. All of a sudden, they're just changing this rule, and it caused a huge shockwave amongst some of these companies. Would it be <laughs> fair to say, though, like... We kind of like, like I basically have a battle pass at the place that I get my car washed. Like, you know, every, every 10 times I come in to get my car washed, it's free. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of have the, or, you know, grocery stores have loyalty programs or, or, you know, you get reward points on Amazon. Like we kind of oh, yeah. have these different marketing and business practices everywhere. Um, I think maybe, uh, and I'll let you guys kind of go off this. I think maybe the problem is forcing you to come every day. Like if my car wash forced me to come in every day um, mm-hmm. to, to realize the value instead of just, you know, washing my car 10 times. But you don't actually buy the program, do you? So like, for example, when I go and purchase shopping and I use like a loyalty card, my, my, my groceries, I'll get bonus points. Or like when I go to Starbucks and I use the Starbucks app, they'll give me stars. That doesn't actually mean that in order for me to gain those stars, I have to come back. It just means that they've given me a bonus off one purchase. And I do, yeah. And I've already got those bonuses. And I think the difference is with these types of battle pass programs or something where you've purchased it, because it's time sensitive to some extent, where if you don't log in tomorrow, you don't get your rewards. That's the behavior that they don't like. It's not so much the going back and having a, a, a repeat experience. It's the purchase, uh, the repeat experience requires a purchase and you don't get the goods from your purchase until you've repeated that experience. And I yeah, think I'm, I'm wondering if it actually is that angle because, you know, you actually brought up a good point, uh, you know, Starbucks and gift cards. Uh, I have a couple of things I want to I say, but I'll start with this. So the the the, the gift cards concept, right? Because they used to expire, if you guys remember. I don't know if that was... A lot, yeah, a lot of them still years do. Ago. A lot of them still do. A lot of gift they cards. They really long, it's, right? They're at least like, in the yeah. U.S., in the US, you cannot you cannot have an expiring gift card. Oh, because really? just recently yeah. I had a I had a golf uh, a golf gift card that expired. Um, uh, you can you can you can oh, see. That. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. No, but you, you, literally, you literally cannot do that. It's illegal because because it's 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 essentially what what I'm guessing China might be considering is like, hey, I bought something and there's like a there's like and it's not even like a year or something that I have to that that. You know, okay. Well, we have to figure fix our accounting, guys. Like, please just either use this or or don't. This is like a day, or 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 you know, at the you know, you know, for a battle pass, a month. You need to be coming in regularly to get the to to get the get the value. 
And I, I, I don't, so I'm not saying the battle passes are bad or that even that, that China is saying that they're not going to have them, but this is like an extension of the argument that they're making with the, um, with the daily, I don't, I don't want to call them daily login rewards. I want to call them daily purchase or, or, or purchased and then uh, split up, chunked up um, reward programs because, you know, I get that. If, if I'm buying something, like, I should be getting the value of that thing, regardless of whether I, I, you know, and maybe, and they could make it so over the course of however long you want, you need to come in X number of times or complete some goals or whatever, because that's what these games are for. That's what we, that's what we play these games. You know, you, you come in and you do something. But I don't feel like it's okay. To make it so, I mean, the, the analogy I was talking, I was, I was giving was the grocery store. That's pretty similar to this. I go and I buy a candy bar and they go, okay, but you can take one bite and then I'm going to put this on layaway for you. You need to come back in and you can have another bite. But if you don't come in tomorrow, I'm throwing away that piece that you would have eaten. Like, it's like, no, I, I bought the candy bar. What do you, what do you mean? I get, give me that candy bar. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> so I, I can empathize like where they're, where they're going with this. Um, and okay, before I forget the, the other thing I wanted to, to, to chime in on is the attention comment that you made, um, Paul, I think the monopolization of attention is probably something that they're, that they're paying attention to. I mean, it's, you know, you look at the policies around, um, uh, the, the, the communist ideals where it's like, okay, the, you know, it's all for the, for the good of the, of the country. And they have like, you know, the, the one child policy and that, that was, that was shifted back. This is like, okay, hey guys, you're spending all of your time and money and resources on these games, right? And even if this is a, a Chinese company or a Chinese uh, accepted company, it's like, is this good for society? And I'm guessing that's that's the angle that they're coming at it from. You know what I mean? And, and so I, I agree. I think that's, that's yeah. a really good point. We do see like analytics across the board now is all about like uh, daily active users, monthly active users. It's like investors want to monetize your attention, mainly because advertisement then has a as a factor, right? Even if whenever you're playing anything or whenever you're doing anything, it's all about how can I get my business in front of you? So I, I guess investors are looking at these games going, well, this, this person's on this like for two hours. Well, great. I can monetize their attention and therefore that brand or that product now is very valuable because if I've got their attention then I can sell them something essentially. Right. So, and yeah, we have gone through a very aggressive trend, I would say in the last 24 months, especially inflated and, and, and sort of like, it, I suppose made worse by COVID where, well, now all, you've got all your free time in the world. You can't go outside. How can I monetize you better? And it's that kind of like evil capitalistic mentality of the, if, if I can make a buck out of you, I will. And I think it's got really bad lately. And I guess China just decided enough's enough maybe. Yeah, and and I guess the other one we didn't we haven't really harped on or haven't haven't chatted about is is the spending limits. I mean, uh, you know, th this is kind of like a that one really surprised me. Like, uh, uh, did you see what they said? I don't know what yep. actual numbers are, but they yep. proposed spending limits on per account. Um, while you're talking, I'm trying or... to figure out if there was ever a value on that. Yeah, I, I, I don't really think there was work because, like, you know, it's like basically telling teenagers you're not allowed to go and look at things on the internet you shouldn't do right if they want to figure out a way to do it they're very smart and they'll figure out a way to do it and yeah you saw it with um lost ark lost ark had steam spending limits and oh, i remember did? watching mm -hmm. yeah they did uh, and i remember watching some of the uh the otk guys play in lost ark and they were literally messaging asmongol saying can i use your account because i've hit my spending limit so that they can just bypass it so <laughs> I just, the, in, in in essence, the morals of the system make sense, but in reality, it's 
it's almost like it's almost like any law in the world, right? You put a law in the world and you basically say, hey, it's illegal for you to go and uh, gamble, right? Footballers can't gamble in sport that they play in. Yet we still see people go and break those rules because if people want to do it, they're going to do it. Right. I don't really think you can enforce like spending limits. Um, yeah. You need to target why they want to spend rather than how they spend. I think that's a more effective way. Yeah, and it's a good point. And and then and then like and then how much they can spend on an individual item is another thing that they that they kind of put. It, I mean, they really like that's why I, I I saw they were pretty inflammatory. Like uh, uh, messaging it was like China cracks down on gaming and nothing is you know you can never buy anything ever again. Obviously, but uh, but I mean, there's they they came at it from a lot of aspects. Like it wasn't just uh, how you know what types of things you could buy. It was how much you could buy. You could. Uh, buy in a day and how much you could buy individual items for and so maybe that's why people were like hey they took this way too far but yeah i mean that's that's an interesting one because what they were saying there is that you can't like overprice your items which is like the you know for a business if you think about this from a business standpoint it's kind of kind of strange you know i i don't know i don't know if i if i i don't know though because because if you think about it because those items can can you can control the amount of power that they give to a player in a sense so, like, let's say I had a sword, and that sword is just the best sword in the game. Like, it's going to make you twice as good as, as as the next best player. But I charge you ten thousand dollars for it. That feels pretty predatory because it's only a, a you know you only get like a couple of users on it. But the people that are you know the the one percent of your player base that's making fifty that's bringing in fifty percent of your revenue, they're probably going to buy it. You know, well, what I mean? and. Like, they they can they can take it away from you. They can change it whenever they want. I mean, yeah, imagine yeah. imagine yeah. if you bought a super nice car for a hundred thousand dollars, and then three months later they're like, "Uh, we're lowering the horsepower by 200 It's a V six engine, like, actually. Like, that's just, what they can do with these champions. Subscribe in the app to get the rest of your horsepower. Yeah, yeah that's it's what they do with these champions. Crap. It's like, that's oh, yeah. I really want this banner summoning uh, event. Then they nerf it two months later, and you're like, yeah. "Well, I wouldn't have spent if I'd have known that." <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, and League does this all the time, right? They have a champion, they put a new champion, and they're like, oh, look how godly this champion is, and everyone buys it, and then they're like, that champion was really over, really strong, actually. I think we really need to make, we're making some adjustments here. Just, you know, it's, we're just balancing things. Overwatch is experiencing this right now with Mauga, yeah. their new tank. Uh, you have to, like, yeah. buy the battle pass to get access to him right away, and he's, like, extremely overpowered. Well, then after the hype of the battle pass dies down, Blizzard just nerfs him and balances him. And it's like, like we see, you know, the community <laughs> has, has spoken. Thank you for your feedback. Uh, we'll have to make some adjustments. Yeah, like, oh, geez, how did we not notice it? <laughs> yeah. In testing, we just, like we just didn't notice that it, it was the, the strongest game. character in the game. Super weird. It's, it's the primal shard situation. We released the primal mm. shards at like $8 to see if someone will buy them. And then when everyone came, when like 70% came out and said it's way overpriced, well, we still managed to get the money for the 30%. And now we'll just go yeah. and create, make us look like, you know, angels and go, oh, yeah, we totally listen. We'll totally adjust the balance. We're, we're so sorry. We, just, we, we couldn't have, how could we have known? Just, but in the long run, they knew what they were doing from day one. <laughs> yeah. When they say you can't sell, some, I don't know what the actual like rule you're saying. They can't sell things overpriced. Is what they're saying. Yeah. Well, do you, Do you have it, Brad, on there? Because I, I know I saw. I couldn't find any concrete dollar amounts attached to anything. Um, from what That's I looked, the, you guys yeah. are welcome to look as well. I couldn't because find what is overpriced. Is what is like any digital sword can only be sold for at max a hundred. Like. A, but right, I mean, it's like a spreadsheet. Like, like ooh, actually, we went we went over on digital sword. That's that's too much. We got to yeah. back it off to like one dollar. Or are you going after like you know how they do, put some like intentionally horrible deals up there? Would it be like 
two sacred shards for a hundred dollars and there'll be like a picture like come on you know it's a good deal and you're like this yeah this this guy sale that's you know two sacred shards for twenty dollars like no that's a good deal why is that a good deal because it's not a hundred dollars because it's relative yeah are they trying to kind of curb that down where you can't like put bogus offers up there a hoping a whale will bite or B, just like to try. But again, that's, that's like the J.C. Penny method. Mm-hmm. Like, have you guys, have you guys, have you guys read that that case study on J.C. Penny? Yeah, with sales. They like they like raise prices before Black Friday, and then they put it back to the regular price on Black Friday, and it seems like a deal. Yeah, well, but, but back in the day, back in the day, they literally at one point, one of their CEOs was like, "Guys, this is ridiculous. Why are we? Why are we telling people this different price? Let's just." Forget about the percent discount. Just tell them how much it costs. Yeah, they got rid of sales. Yeah. The and then it was like they tanked. Sale to the actual price. So it was like, why they were like, you charge the actual price and not do sales? And they like almost went out of business immediately. And they're like, well, I guess people just have to be tricked in order to feel like they're getting value. And it was like they were trying to be open and honest and like do things how you want it to be done. And like it backfired on them. So... Well, that's like, the unfortunate reason people need to be tricked and like want to be tricked to <laughs> better value. The side effect of this like digital algorithmic era is we yeah. have so such perfect data. Like these yeah. companies, yeah. they know exactly it, it, back in the 70s, we didn't have like this much digital AI generated analysis. And now they can really yeah. fi- like put their thumb on these sliders and really optimize things. So that's why you've seen it, like Saf said, in the last two or three years, get to that like whole new level. That's why it feels so much more predatory because it's like, when it's you're just using like scummy sales tactics, you know, trying to get something cheaper. Okay, whatever. It's like, that's been going on forever. But when you have like AI that's like algorithmically like, almost reading people's minds at this point and then yeah well, it's, it's listening to your conversations it's watching it's watching how long you hover over you know like like uh sales when you decide to make it and then analyzing that and going like oh this one this one performed better so let's do more of that okay cool that worked and so i don't know i mean like i mean it's worse than that if you think about it because it just it doesn't stay where you analyze it so for example you might go and google on amazon uh i don't know something crazy like um cat litter for example right mm-hmm. so perhaps you just need to buy some grocery stuff and then the next website you go on all of a sudden all you see is adverts on cat litter, cat buy litter, this. Cat litter. and i mean i literally i was developing a tool um for uh for a website or something and i needed to have a simple mailer right and there's a there's a website called bravo.com uh provides an smtp server so i can just basically you know send emails so i can reset things Every time I go on YouTube right now, it's every single advert's a bravo.com advert. Honestly, the woman is driving me mental. Everywhere I go, she follows me and she keeps telling me how amazing, you know, email automation can be done on bravo.com. And that that's kind of the world we live in. You can almost, yeah. it's got to the point now where you can almost predict and force the algorithm because of the way that it's operating. I know mm-hmm. if I go on uh, Twitter and I look at very specific people's tweets, that it's going to then deliver me content related to those tweets i can force yeah. the algorithm and that's kind of like we've, we've reached the point now where the algorithm is no longer smart it's almost like malicious in the sense where it, it wants you to give yeah. you exactly what you want to have but you it's got to the point now where you know how to make it give you what you want to have even though it's not meant to if that makes sense it's a bit of a weird world it used to be that it was always silently in the background and it would just tell you what's going on now yeah. it's very obvious what's happening it's funny because like like this conversation is is interesting. It, it you know it leaks into my thoughts on like social media and 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 kind of like the way that we that we handle attention in general. But like 
I think there's a, there is a conversation to be had. So going back to kind of like China and uh, you know removing uh, or like you know all these all these limits that they're putting on games. I think there is a conversation to be had around just government or or some governing body actually paying attention to the current trends and getting ahead of them. Like right, I feel like so many of these rules, like you're saying, it's ten years old. Ten years is a is a long or it's long enough. Probably fifteen years. Fifteen years is a long time. For there to be essentially no real regulation around what you, what what can be done in in gaming and gaming digital assets or whatever whatever you want to call it, that's essentially what's happening here. And I think because it's gotten so big and there's so it, it touches everybody. Like my uncle, my mom, games on her on on her phone. You know what I mean? Like so it, it essentially just touches everybody. Same same thing with social media. Like even if you try to stay away from social media you are directly affected by social media and it has your attention. It's such a kind of like a utility. It's like, it's like a water supply. It's like discourse supply. You know what I mean? And there's, I think there's a discussion to be had around finding ways to essentially not be scummy. Not like, like we we've accepted there's a better business bureau, right? If you go into a store and you're like, man, this is, you know, this is false advertising. They're lying about, about this. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're snake oil salesmen. Like that business can get in trouble. Whereas in like in, in, in games like, you know, that, that we're building in the gotcha game or in, in, in games like this, I mean, there's there's not that much regulation, honestly. It's it's kind of just like, okay, well, if people buy it, well, then it was then it, then the product was good enough and we don't really have any we don't want to talk about it. If they didn't buy it, well, they didn't buy it. That's then then too bad for you as a company. That's really the regulation that we're getting. You know, at least in, in the United States and, and in most parts of the world that's not like Belgium and China and some of the other places that have started to step in. I don't know what what, what do you, what are your guys thoughts on like on regu- on 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 regulation because I think that a lot of the discussion here should be around well China's doing this we we can never really control or even have any you know real insight into what they're what they're going to do and when they're going to do it but we do in a, in 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 democratic societies that we're a part of like what do you, what do you guys think? Um, generally, I'm against government control. I let people do whatever the hell they want, right? If people want to spend in gacha games and people want to ruin their life doing that, that's fine. As long as it's quite clear and upfront and there's regulations in place to avoid what I would call like obvious obvious scams, right? If, if you're basically saying you buy this, you get this, mm-hmm. right? That's fine. That's absolutely fine. If you are like deceiving the people by basically telling, trying to make it sound like you're getting a lot, like things that I really don't like are things where it's like, oh, you get 500% extra because it makes it sound like it's really what? good. <laughs> yeah. It's like relative. If you just literally said, this costs $100, you get 100 of this. That's fine. Now, obviously, in the world of marketing, marketeers would say, well, we need those facilities to be able to market our product and all, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's fine. But I think that's where the regulations need to come in, which have to have more control. Um, but what I don't want to see is things like you must only play this game for two hours. You must only, yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. None of that you, you know, I don't really like governments ruling governments are there to facilitate your, um, sort of like what you need to survive, not yeah. tell you how to live your life, if that makes sense. And I think that's generally where I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think my exception is, is like kids. This is kind of, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, I think we probably should take, you know, because now I have lots I have three kids. I got this whole, like, I got a massive, you know, uh, boat of of children running around, <laughs> but like for me, I think it's really important. Personally, the way that the you know the, the way that I think about it, I think it's really important to 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 regulate that for me, right? Personally, but 
I guess I don't know. Actually, now the more I think about it, and I'm saying it out loud, I don't know. I don't know if I would want the government to step in and say what, what, uh, what my kids can and can't do. I don't know. What would, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I don't have kids, but I personally think the key is making sure that you, as a parent, have every control to know what's happening. Right. So, what they should stop doing is things that um, the early days of Fortnite and that would do, which is just basically allow kids to sign up and create and everything, as long as you have the controls, you should be able to run it as much as you want as a parent, right? It's your oh, decision, you it's your it, child. Yeah. But if they basically create a game and there's no way for you to control it, that's when it's a problem. As long as you as a parent, it's the same thing when you have like a Google phone or an iPhone, everything, right? They're really investing in parental controls because these companies, I don't think it's fair to hold like a game developer like Fortnite accountable for every activity that a child experiences on their game because it's impossible. And also it's not really their responsibility to make sure a child behaves, right? That's crazy. Right. So you can't, like, I've seen some some American, like, political, um, you know, they do it in the Senate and stuff, mm-hmm. hauling these executives and saying, you aren't protecting our children. It's like, well, they're providing a business, right? It's, it's basically like going into a gun shop and saying, hey, you're not doing enough to make sure that people can't get their hands on guns. Let's just, if people want to get their hand on a gun, it's going to happen. So it's all about giving the tools to the, the people who are responsible for those individuals, the control that they require to ensure that the kids are doing what they should and shouldn't do, you know? Yep. I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. The, um, the one thing I'm really against is the, uh, is the limits. Like, um, cause that's a rabbit hole. I mean, where, where does that end? You know, mm-hmm. I can go to the golf course and easily spend $5,000. I can buy new clubs. I can, you know, pay for a couple rounds. I can drink at the bar afterwards, $20 a drink. Uh, so, like, so will that enter other spaces? Like, oh, golf's entertainment. We can't have people spending mm-hmm. $5,000 in one day on golf. Uh, right. that, that's bad for society. So I'm with most of the stuff, like ending the predatory practices and the lying and the manipulating. And, but like the, the limits of like telling someone what they can and can't do with their money, I think would be an overreach as long as it's like a legal activity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, hundred. So yeah, my opinion on that, I guess, I guess I didn't, I didn't say it. And Dirk, I, I, we'd love to hear what you think on this, but yeah, I think my, my opinion on that is, if someone wants to spend, you know, we allow gambling. I guess, I guess it's as simple as this. We allow people to, to gamble. We allow people to buy stocks. Not everywhere in, though. Not everywhere. Like I, like I can't gamble in Nebraska. Oh, there's yeah, no, no gambling? Lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, if I want to go to the casino, I have to drive across the border to Iowa. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. of America. It's, it's, it's own adventure. Isn't yeah. it? Every yeah. It's a new rule. I have to drive 30 <laughs> minutes uh, to go to the casino in Council Bluffs. <laughs> you used to have that in, is, in Chicago, actually, where we couldn't gamble. But then, you know, if I have the, the Juliet River, it's close it's to Juliet passing River. here in Nebraska. It's like it's like on the ballot every time. It's like, do you want to continue the the current, you know, uh, gambling legislation or no? And you check a box, like yes or no. And I'm pretty sure that's close to changing. But I think as of now, we still can't gamble here in Nebraska. It's one of those things where it's like because of how much is like too much regulation. Like, what even is government regulation like? Obviously, it's horrible if there's just some like greater authority that like from the top down can just say like this is what you're not allowed to buy anymore. And you're like, oh, right. I like to buy it. Like a battle pass kind of goes to the J.C. Penny thing almost, where you're like, there's no good reason for you to not get everything you bought in the battle pass right away. But in your mind, you think like, I like battle passes though, and you like them because they're like the best value. They're always the best value yeah. of yeah, great value exactly. So like, it's almost like part part of the value or. I guess like 
part of the price you're paying for that value is that you have to log in each day. And is that, should that be illegal to say like, Hey, I'm, okay. So some items will cost you a lot of money. Some items cost you a little bit of money, but some time. And like, what if they just legislated the battle pass to where it's not time gated? Like it's just the next 30 days you log in. It, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be the next 30, days. Right. Just, yeah. just the next 30 days you log in. But even then, but I, I don't know, but then maybe they can't offer it as good as value because some of the value was being for, you know what I mean? Like, it, but then like, what, if I agree to that as someone who's buying going like, oh yeah, I got no problem logging in. I'm, I'm going to log in the next 30 days. This is great value because I'm logging in the next 30 days. Like, why can't I like, you know, be on the other like receiving end of that deal anymore? Because it's like, well, nope, I guess China says I'm getting ripped off, even though I like this. So I guess I just can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? So. I guess yeah, that's the, the thing for an adult. It just it just seems weird. It's it it, it, does, it does seem a little bit weird. I mean, so yeah, well, looking at it from that angle, like what what do you guys? Because it really is a restriction. So like that practice is pretty. It tells you what what's happening, you know. So like the devil's advocate on this, right? They told you, they gave you the the outlined. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get this thing initially, and then for the next however however long the battle pass lasts, you have this amount of time to get this thing done, and then you're going to get some extra stuff. Like it, it taps into though a lot of psychological principles about habit generation and, and addiction, right? So, the more you do something, the more it becomes essential for you to do it because you've generated a habit. So, what they're trying to do, and it's, it comes down to why is there a battle pass in the first place? Right? Why have we moved the monetization wheel from buy a game to microtransactions in a game to the main income source is microtransactions through seasonal based content, which is what has essentially happened in the development of the monetization cycle with with gaming and it's because they've realized that they can one generate more money by having more ways to buy stuff all the time the second thing that they're doing is they're forcing you more they're basically forcing you to play the game more often by making a habit generation within your brain that goes today i've got to log in right i've been playing raid shadow legends for four years so every single like it's hard coded into my brain right now that cbc starts at nine o'clock that rate that my clan boss resets at 10 o'clock that my daily reset is at midnight right it's almost like it's, it's a habit in my brain and if I miss that habit, it, my brain automatically starts going, you've forgotten to do something, right? It's, it's in your subconscious. And that's what the battle pass is very good at doing is generating a forced habit, right? We get used to it every month. And then every month and every day, there's a new daily quest. And I have to log in and I have to keep playing. And I have to keep doing it. But like, so, but like devil's advocate on this, isn't that what's happening when you're doing any hobby effectively? So if you're talking about like a gym membership, a climbing gym, I'm doing gym stuff here, but, uh, you, you know, like, like you said, the, the golf course, like it's not, I guess as direct, but they have, you know, a certain amount of time that you're allowed to use this, this service. And the more often you're, you're muted by the later. And the more often you come in, the more it's, they want you to generate, like build that habit. Right. So, and you might argue, Oh, well, but you're exercising, you're getting, you're working out. So it's good for society. You no, know, cause like, you don't, you don't get like cheaper protein bars. The more you come into the gym, like, well, like you do if you're you a member. don't want you to go in there. You do if you're a member though. Right. Well, but you have or to be a member just to I mean, use the gym. Don't you? Well, but like, but it's not illegal to do that. You see what I'm saying? Like, and some gyms do, 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 do that. You get discounts, you get rewards, you get perks. Yeah, perks. The more times you come in, you get bonuses. It's what's, another what's another way to look at it is is the um the the other monetization thing which has become quite prominent is buy twelve months upfront and you'll save twenty percent discount. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. However, yeah. how I recently 
like season discovery came out world of, world of warcraft i've never played world of warcraft but we were going to play for it a bit and i basically only logged in twice but when i went to create a membership it's like the first option they default to isn't the 9.99 a month or whatever it is it's the, the whole year it's the whole year but when you read it initially it's like 9.99 or 7.99 a month but actually when you then read the, the when you go through the process it's like oh but you want me to pay it's 7.99 once you've averaged it across the 12 months that you want me to buy up front and it's that similar, like what they're trying to do is almost like buy you in and lock you in. And then once you're in, I think the difference with the gym analogy is, is that a service or is that a product? Are you buying a product with a gym membership or are you buying a service? And when you're buying stuff in a game, you're not buying a service, you're buying a product. And the concept of buying one product is making you buy the next product, right? That's the core principle. But it is a live service. I mean, it's, it's more often than not, they are actually live services, right? Because with a gym, yeah. you're buying it costs money like for that access. service. Yeah, you're buying access to the facility with a gym. And then with Which the is game, true of the game, buying right? access to the server. So it is kind of similar in that sense where it's like... True. It, whether you buy it or not, that... Because that effectively is the model, right? It's it's a live service. It is that's what it's called. That's why it's called live services, right? Because it costs money. You know, if, if I make it free to play for a million players, right? If I have a million players on my servers, it's going to cost a lot of money, right? And and so like because of those, you know, because of the scale of that, you you could you know, it would be a risk in a sense for 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 these companies, or they feel that it would be a risk, or or it's less money making to say, well, okay, it's nine ninety nine. And then you can play forever because then a year down the line, if not enough people are um, continue playing and then you're still running the servers and now you're just, you're just now pure, pure losing money. So I think that was the initial impetus, but I see what you're saying. Like there's, there was like this, this shift that they're like, hang on, you know, we can, this is a, this is a different way that we can tap into to people's, you know, like addictive nature effectively. So, but also, before I forget to Sham's point about gyms, gyms are extremely predatory. Um, like when you when you go to cancel, okay, they let you sign up as easy Hot. as you want online yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I just had this recently because I moved. I had to cancel and join a different gym. I called and they're like, "No, you can't cancel over the phone." I'm like, "Okay, well, you need can, to come in, can yeah. I go to your website?" And they're like, "They're like, no, you have to come in in person." I'm like, "But I but I moved." And they're like, yeah, sorry, you have to come in and cancel. And it's like, and if you can't come in, you have to like email the G the general manager and wait for them to get back to you and they'll have to call you. I'm like, but I'm going to be charged again in four days. And it's like coming up on the weekend. And they're like, well, I, yeah, this is the policy. If you get charged again, it is what it is. Like, so and I'm like, are you serious? Wow. And so I start looking and this is like a topic online that lots of people are um, complaining about because legally, I guess, when I looked into this, it's supposed to be as easy to cancel as it is to sign up. Companies can't make you be like, you have to wait a year to cancel. Uh, right, like, exactly, exactly. But that's what gyms are doing. <laughs> There's a cancellation, <laughs> uh, you know, service fee, service charge for us to, you know, do the do the the paperwork. You know, it's, it's expensive. Because they want you to sign up. They'll make that as easy as possible. They don't want you yeah. to cancel. So they're going to make you jump through as many. Because what, what they want you to do is go, screw it. It's 30 bucks a month. I'm not even going to bother with it. Like, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that down they the road. That's what they want you to do. <laughs> yeah. They want you to forget you have it so that it just keeps coming out of your bank account. And then all of a sudden you'll you'll run across and you'll go, wow, what's this spend that I'm doing every single month? Oh, I forgot I canceled that. The other classic one, like you said, is hiding the subscription fees all over the place. Like I tried mm -hmm. to cancel a TV subscription fee and you have to go to the sub menu, this other sub menu. Then you find the cancel. Then you have to confirm it. Then they pop up with, oh, you want to leave? Well, tell you what, why don't we offer you it for two months at $2.99? And then you forget you've still mm -hmm. got it. And then you've spent more money that you didn't want. And mm -hmm. it's... It's the world we live in, essentially. And to be honest, it's is it 
immoral for a business to try and maximize its revenue? And that's the real fundamental question it comes down to. If a customer is willing to pay a thousand pounds a month to play the game and they have a lot of enjoyment from it, is that immoral? Well, it's only immoral if the person can't afford it, but who's responsible for affordability? Is it the, is it the company? Like, should I go across to Ferrari now and tell them their cars are too expensive because they're a four times the price of a Nissan? Yeah. Well, no. are they immoral for charging that price? I can, Surely there must come a point in time where the consumer has to have responsibility for their own actions and go, well, you knew what the price was. You knew what you were buying. Well, it's your responsibility to manage that. And if you couldn't manage it, like it's not the company's fault. As long as the company is truthful and honest and delivering a product in a way that's clear and obvious as to what you're buying, then you should be okay. And that's where government regulations should come in. Just like when you buy a car, if you buy a car, it has to go through crash testing to ensure it's safe. It has to be insured so that other drivers on the road are safe. That's the regulation that is required to ensure that what you're buying is actually what you're buying and you get that product in a safe and affordable, uh, safe and a, com- a correct manner. And you're not getting some knockoff that the company is trying to basically maximize profits at the risk of your own product. Not you, you know, it's not like kind of going the same, well, you can have the car, but you can only drive it for an hour a day. Or you can't yeah. drive it at nine o'clock at night. Or I mean, there are some insurance deals that do that, which is kind of mental. But um, but that's essentially what China are, are approaching you with: is you can have the car, but you can only drive it at, at for a specific amount of time in specific areas at a specific time under these specific conditions. It's like, well, I'm an adult; I should be able to own my car and do whatever the hell I want. I've earned that money. It's a difficult conversation. Where do, it's all about where does the where's the line, weight right? where's the weight of responsibility? Is it the developer's responsibility to ensure that? They're not pro- uh, predatory. Is it the government's that's responsibility? Never gonna <laughs> that's not- you know what I mean? It's like, who takes the responsibility? And that's always a bit uh, uh, an issue when it comes to government oversight is how much responsibility should the government have or how much should it be put on us as consumers versus how much should be put on the developer of the product? It's difficult because there's pros yeah. and cons to every angle. Yeah, it's funny because I think another one of the things that that um, that was on there that we didn't, we didn't mention either is that um, they wanted to have like a pop-up come up when when you've gone like when, when you're they, they when they sense like a pattern so you'd have to basically like the developer would have to code in like okay well if they're spending x number of times in within let's say six hours or whatever it is then we need to put a pop-up that says hey are you really sure you want to buy, buy this thing you've been spending a lot of money <laughs> like a lot of money chasing after this uh these poles on this band you're trying to get boreas like yeah. i mean like i'm like yeah dude i know i'm like, that's no why i'm spending the money like stop stop bothering me sure you want to spend that kind of money <laughs> these these, these, uh, these companies do not want you to know what you've spent they try to hide uh, that amount as yeah. much as possible they want that out of sight out of mind they just want you to keep clicking the button <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I mean i want to keep clicking that button until i got boreas so like <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the that's the thing like it's there's like you're you're so you're you're right that is really the the crux of the conversation is like where is where is the ownership of of your or the responsibility like who who should be responsible for what you're what you're able to do paul kind of said it like as long as the company's honest like as long as the company's not trying to literally cheat you or like deceive you so i guess that's where like the maybe the discussion comes into is like at what point is it considered cheating like how much psychological manipulation can you do to someone before right. you cross that threshold of cheating them and right like are, are we going to allow hypnosis for example yeah, like, can, can, right. can your phone <laughs> like start saying a mantra to you and, and doing the swirly thing like, i mean, think it's true like, probably not like, someone, probably, the answer is probably no <laughs> even they, they kind of do that right there's like certain colors that'll make you feel certain ways which is like every fast food restaurant will use like yellow yeah you get the yellow and the red yeah, and, yeah. 
because they make you more hungry. Like blue makes you feel more secure or trusting. So a lot yeah. of like corporations will use blue as a background and stuff. So it, it's like, at what point is that predatory? Like they're psychologically manipulating. There's a, there's a football team. I'd have to look this up. There's a football team that makes the visitors locker room all pink <laughs> because <laughs> Because yeah. supposedly, because supposedly it makes it makes you like less aggressive if you're like surrounded by pink. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Like fact check me on this. Look it up. There's a football team. It's just like the enemy, the, uh, the opponent locker room is all pink. <laughs> I think it's like so, maybe Iowa, Iowa Hawkeyes or something. But yeah, they're using psychology techniques, and it, it does like embed in your brain passively. You don't realize it's happening, and all of a sudden, you know that's that's why remarketing is so effective because they're not necessarily marketing to you directly it's every time you go on a website you get reminded of the product so eventually it's all you can think of because it's there all the time it's yeah, like someone Iowa. poking you I iowa's knick stadium yeah i thought that was hilarious Imagine. it's just all pink and they're trying to like make you less aggressive i would love to see some research into that like do they have a higher home field advantage on average over a massive sample size compared to other teams it'd be kind of funny but if you think about it like in in the uk um in the Premier League in football, or soccer, whatever you want to call it, uh, there's a it's a team called Liverpool. Um, if you're into soccer worldwide, you know it. It'll, you'll know the team. And Anfield is like has built a reputation for being such a like an awful place to play that often teams have lost before they walk through the dugout. And that is a similar concept of what we're suggesting here, which is like you know they they use the psychology to give themselves a competitive advantage, and that kind of concept is applying in the games. It's almost like some games that come out, it's almost like if they're trying to paint themselves as a free-to-play game, people have this mentality like, oh, it's, it's, it's not expensive. You know, it's the same concept. If, if a reputation is created or like they try to, to use it, like when we've done sponsorship deals in the past and they'll literally give us, you cannot say these words because they know these words are going to give a bad psychological impression. Um, just going back to the point that Dirk said about like honesty, one of the things is a good example of, uh, I think is really bad uh, in gaming is is what playroom does with their pack prices in raid so if you spend some money the packs become gradually more expensive to the point where the only pack prices you get are the ones that are super expensive and worse value it's, and worse value well it's not Wait, so much so they're it worse is value. value they're pretty yeah, much but... equal sometimes they can be a little bit better cheaper as in you get a lot less for a lot more a little bit cheaper but generally once you get past like the first spend those those initial spend packs where it's almost like this is too good to be to be like like I have True. to buy this. This is like ridiculous. Once you've got past that this. first hurdle, which I think every game has like these, like when it when Diablo Immortal was out, when you finished the dungeon, you got like a six hundred percent one and Dragon Age, for example, when you when they start a season, the, the the you get double the price for the first purchase, right? If you get beyond the first purchase offers, then you have these like sliding scales of costs where like the mini mic packs has like a four ninety nine deal, it has a nine ninety nine dollar deal, it has a twenty four ninety nine dollar deal. And you're getting the same quantity for like an almost like a no. The higher ones are worse. The higher ones are worse. No, then they're pretty lim linear. Most gonna of have to fact check linear. you on this, Saf. I have a dedicated video on it. I have all the offers. Can, yeah. So I what I meant down. is they're pretty linear in the sense that you get like <laughs> one ancient shard in a mini mix pack, two ancient it's shards. Like they scale it right. But what? Even though you might be getting similar kind of like oh, I'm getting the same amount of shards for the same amount per dollar. You're having to invest more upfront. And what they're, they're actually they're doing is they're denying right? you the offers you want. Yeah. And I've always wondered, like, surely if you just give players every price tier, right? So if you release a pack, just let them allow to buy the, the, the more expensive one, the least expensive one. That's the kind of behaviors that I think 
should be regulated out of gaming where people who essentially oh you've got an you've got an example here on screen have you yeah, I, how, yeah, how long I, ago I, is this though yeah this is the mini mix packs the three dollar one versus the 25 dollar one and in an offer calculator the one that we had it was a 1.65 versus a 1.2 right but the 299 one is the first offer per what i'm what i'm saying is the next tier beyond the first one's always better so what I'm saying is the initial, you have like a tier of packs where it's like standard packs, initial purchase packs where they want you to convert you as a spender and then like the higher cracking I've, packs. You so might, that, that the, one I'm not for sure on. You might, I'd have yeah. to compare the 10 and the 25. Exactly. Um, I think yeah. the 10 and the 25 are similar to the 20, to the 24 here, the 25 one. The first one is always better than everything else. Because you see that with a lot of the packs when you start a new free to play game, which we're probably going to be doing soon. Um, you, you just get like pack and death by thousand packs that are like hey for like 2.99 you can get a sacred shard and for 4.99 you can get another sacred shard and then the moment you spend a penny it then goes no no, no you got to go back to like the more the more reasonable packs now you you're you're too much of a you're already a spender now so we can give you less desirable packs because you've you've converted and i think that's the kind of behaviors that should be regulated out behaviors that force you down a path that you will end up spending more than you want to it's also discriminatory in it like yes i think that's what it is discriminatory marketing but it's where you're literally like uh excluding some offers to people uh, just based on like their spending preferences or whatever like you, you can customize i mean it, and as ai gets more prevalent it, though these like kind of like it'll be tweaking it by like cents i'll be like right. this is 87 cents this one's but 93 like, cents you know yeah but i think that's just the issue is it's ultimately discriminatory in the sense that like you're not being offered everything you're being offered like this for you, sir, this is what we'll provide you. For you, this is what we'll provide you. Like that, that's not allowed in. in the yeah, I mean, store. imagine if you went to the grocery store and yeah. you know, if it's your first time here, milk is half price. Like, <laughs> like if I went like jammed to the store, well, but... I was being offered one thing, and he was being offered another. They'd be like, like sue them for like, yeah. Well, but the the thing is, so like, let's look at let's. So again, I'll play devil's advocate for a second. Like, but like, look at look at um when you go to a casino, like they're. People when they after they spend a certain amount, what do they what does the, what does the casino do? Casino goes, oh, okay. Well, you seem like you want to spend you want to spend money or you want to gamble with a bunch of money. So we're going to give you a car. We're going to give you a limo. We're going to give you. We're going to put your room. We're going to fly you in. To the rest, but of it's the free. Casino. It's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a different um, price. This, yeah, this would be like if you were a high spender at the casino and they just like, all right, we'll take you to the high spender room, but now you can't leave. Exactly. Well, yeah, no, that's a good analogy, actually. That's a good analogy because because that, that's a that's a great point. Because what's what what I I think the pro, the problem I see with it, and I agree with Saf, is that once you've done that spending, now you're now they've jumped you to well, if you do want to spend, and we we can tell you do want to spend because we saw you spend a minute ago. If you do want to spend, well, now you can only spend at this level, at this higher level, which you weren't already spending at, but now maybe it feels a little more comfortable. What do you think? You know, like. And I'm sure after some amount of time, like let's say, I don't know if you guys have tested this, but let's say you buy the, bought the first pack, you wait a month, you don't buy anything, right? You leave it alone. You might see that first pack again or something yep, like I that. Yep, I have tested it. Yep. In, it, in, it raid, takes, in raid, it takes like 25 to 35 days, somewhere in there, yeah. Uh, yeah, from the last time you purchased until you start getting like the Warrior Circle packs and like the, the premium packs. It's about a yeah. month you have to not spend. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, 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 so I honestly think as well, are they just losing? Like it'd be an interesting analysis. We don't have access to the analytics, but I, I can't imagine that that is going to be like. Surely there must be a business angle, and even like a, a, an efficiency angle, where you know, as relevant to everything that we're talking about, and everything we're developing. What if you just offered the three tiers? 
are you losing people who go, do you know what? I might, I, I fancy spending $10 this month, uh, this, this weekend. You know, there's a time to engine on. Whatever it is. I don't mind spending $15 this weekend, but I don't want to spend $79 this weekend. So are they just losing out on people who want to spend because they think that if they offer enough times, then people will just cave. So it's that, this that angle. Are they, are they kind of going for this like, oh, well, we can make them cave and not offer them. But surely I, I would be really curious to know almost like really curious to see the, an AB test where if you basically offered someone the the three tiers of packs, maybe they can buy all three tiers if they wanted to, as an example, yeah. versus just forcing them down this like, well, you've spent a lot, now you only get the expensive packs. How much more income would that game actually generate because you're now offering an experience for all levels of spenders? Like Dragonade does this very well. You can whale, but the actual like small purchases, you get, you know, you still get that really good 499 a month pack you still get that um really good limited time kind of uh, battle pass offers and things like this so you can spend a little bit in dragon and get a lot but in raid once you've spent a little bit you almost like well i have to spend like a mortgage allowance per month to be able to just <laughs> like buy anything because they only offer you the expensive ones so you're in this like well i spend for a month and then don't do anything for a month and it must be surely a loss really yeah Maybe i wonder I mean, I, I would just presume, and I'm, I'm I'm just making assumptions, and sometimes it's not a good idea, but I would assume that they've done extensive testing, you know, across like huge populations, trying to figure out what's going to maximize their profits, right? I, w- I would just guess, but maybe you're right. I mean, I, I mean, so I guess to speak to what what we would picture on on our end, maybe we, you know, this could be kind of the way we uh we kind of wrap things up because I know we've we've gone about about an hour, and that's probably probably a good amount of time, and we've kind of gone over the subject. But I think for for us at at Fateless, I feel like you know the big thing that we're we're about is community and transparency and making sure. I, I think that's a big focus. Is isn't saying like, hey, we, we you know we're trying to like trick you into spending. Like for you know, I, I play a lot of Watcher of Realms right now. Like I don't mind spending. I, I spend I spend in that game because I like the game. I think it's fun and I want to get cool champions and I want to use those champions. And I feel like if we're just sticking with things that are straightforward, you know, introducing. Um, players to what's cool about the game. Uh, th- that's the way I would picture that we would do any packs or any sales or any shop that that we have. So I don't know. I mean, like going back to going back to like the the China restrictions. I would be surprised if 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 we if we see this kind of like actually come go all the way through for adults. I could be wrong, um, but I I definitely don't. I, I think that there's like parts of this that I like. I like seeing that they're thinking about how. We, you could possibly regulate it, but I, I just I don't think the current approach that they're going after is the right one. That that's my that's my like summation of of how I feel about um about this about this subject. I think the real challenge for us as well for Fateless is almost like developing a plan that's going to be relevant in the time that we when we get to releasing. Yeah. Because obviously when we're not releasing tomorrow, it's going to be a bit of time as we develop the game and we we build up all the different you know, part of the project. Building a game is not an overnight job. So by the time we actually get to release, will the whole monetization world be different again? And it's very, I suppose, stressful and also interesting at the same time to see how the world is adapting to, you know, as as we come out of like, we're still, I still think we're still coming out of like this post-COVID economy world slash environment where industries are either recovering or receding depending on how 
those restrictions that impacted them have, have come out, right? We've seen massive losses of jobs this year in the tech industry as a result of people no longer engaging necessarily in things like Zoom calls and playing um, and having all their life on a computer. They've gone back outside a little bit. So these tech companies are over-invested in, in things they thought were going to be the new thing and they haven't actually quite materialized. I've seen those, I've seen those re- recessions, but then other industries are bouncing back, you know, like things like pubs and restaurants and travel and things traveling and all those things are, are bouncing back so it's kind of like every, i think i still think the the world is in this kind of like bubble of we've come out of covid the economies are adapting adding all the different conflicts and everything and every industry is getting affected by it so i think it'll be another sort of six to 12 months before we see stability in in gaming essentially because yeah. it's not just gaming it's esports right we're seeing yeah. the league yeah. of legends 2024 has been announced and they're hosting half of it in a 200 to 250 seater stadium their their arena that they've got their own studio where two years ago 2018 it was like 3,000 minimum on the group stage so you yeah. see in that like movement of esports and gaming and that where it's coming back a little the bit true 250, a, a, a divided by 10 a 10 percent shift yeah because it's being held they're essentially cutting costs so they don't have to rent an arena because they have their own they, they have the um, the lec studios in berlin so they they're using their own studios instead of hiring an arena for the for the group stage right the swiss stage and the group stage they're obviously gonna i think they've hired the london o2 or one of the london areas um for the big finals so the the final is still gonna be in a big the finals will be, okay cool but they're actually like it, you know i remember like going down in 2016 and they had like quarterfinals in the big stadiums and the the group stages were in Paris in a 3,000, 4,000 seater. So you see in like the esports industry trying to find the balance between profitability and still producing a product. So it's, diff- it's, it's the challenge we've got as a game development studio. How can we ensure that we build a great game? Because that's our main number one goal. But also still think about how gaming is going to look in 6 to 12 to however many months it's going to take us. It's, it's a very broad and challenging world, I suppose. We'll get there. We, 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 we've got a correct team. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of great minds, and then we've obviously we've got the we've got the community helping us out, kind of every step of the way, which is which actually makes it way easier because you know, hey, we have a question around what do you what do you guys think about this, and then you get an answer, and then there's no question around about whether people are going to like it or not. They already told you. <laughs> you guys already told us like what what you what you want to do. So, um, yeah, well, Brad, sure. you want to you want to like yeah. uh, sign us out of here? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, if you made it this far, uh, we love you and appreciate you, and 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 thanks for interacting with us. And uh, and yeah, feel free to join the Discord server and, and engage and and let us know your ideas. And and we're over there, kind of chatting and meeting up with people. And and we love the more feedback, the better. We do polls over on the community tab of the YouTube channel and all that. But yeah, this will be a talk that we have, uh, you know, once a week, every week or two, something like that. And we'll just kind of talk about walking you through the process here with different videos on the Fate Was channel. So uh, thanks for joining me, gents. It was a fun discussion, and we shall see you soon in the next video. Cheers.